You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Rabbi Yashav dealt with a couple of different halachos in this week's parsha that come up. One of the things comes up from Yaakov Avinu himself when Yaakov says, So we know that Yaakov happened to have slept right in the Mokom of Mikdash, right in the place where the Heicha or the Azara was. So this is really the first time, although it could be, you know, we say that the um, the Akedah was also at that spot. But clearly, Yaakov is saying this place is a place that's Mekudash. It's Manorah. So, uh, Rabbi Yoshev was known that he went, although, he lived, of course, he lived in Yerushalayim, and he went, of course, to the Kotel, the, the place that Yaakov Avinu describes as Manorah Mokamazeh. Now, when it comes to the Kotel, we know what Rabbi Yoshev's minag was. Rabbi Yoshev used to go, once he used to go Pesach, he used to go the day after Shavuos, Isru Chag. He would go Erev Rosh Hashanah, that's three. And then, whenever there was Cholomoed of Sukkos that he could take a Lulav, he would go as well. So it was Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos, and Rosh Hashanah. And on, and on Sukkos, he would go right after Netzach Haman. So Rabbi Yoshev held, of course, going up to the Kotel. And Rabbi Yoshev used to say, um, even though the Chorben has happened, there's still an Indian of going up to the Mokom HaKadosh. He says, if you look in the Medrash in Shir Hashirim, it says, Just like the Yonah, just like the Yonah, even if you take its birds from it, it'll stay in that spot. We're like the Yonah. Mesa Mikdash has been taken, this wonderful thing that we cared for and meant so much for us. But in a way, we're still here. The Shoah Ragolim, we're still going to be Mekayim Shoah Ragolim. Um, and that was one Medrash Rebbe Yoshev quoted. Another Medrash was in Shirashirim further. What does it say? That Imdeleti, Nitzor Ruach Eres, that if it's, that we're going to put onto this door, of a cedar beam. Matsurazu mikoma nikar. So even though if there's something like you had a statue or you had a, a painting and it's been ripped away, but you can see where it was, so even though the Beit Mikdosh is not here anymore, Klal Yisrael still recognizes that place and goes there, the Medrash says, three times a year. So you see that there's an Indian even after the Chorban, there's an Indian of Aliyah or Regal. Um, and that was going on in the time of the, the Midrashim. And as the Chsam Sefer tells us, throughout the period of the Gaonim as well, people would take trips from Babel, from Iraq, to Yerushalayim to be old Regal, even though there was a Chorban. Now, when, and therefore, Rebel Yashiv felt what he was doing. That's the Minna Yisrael was to go up. Obviously, it's, it's a kiyum in the mitzvah. Rebel Yashiv, though, didn't go at night. Um, he only went during the daytime. In fact, he told his son-in-law, Rebchaim Kanievsky, that even though 
it says when the Beis Hamikdash is there that your Makayim Rias Panim, that that there's a vehicle just showing up even without a korban. Well, you're up on that, right? You're supposed to bring a carbon. That's, 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 every time you come, you're supposed to bring a carbon shlomim, but you have a kiyam of a mitzvah, even by just being in the area of the Beis Amikdosh. But Revel Yoshim says, it's got to be a time you could bring a carbon. At nighttime, you can't bring a carbon. So therefore, Revel Yoshim, his Hanoga was not to go to the Koto at night. It's not Osir. But the special union of seeing the Vesamitosh and being near the Rabbana Shalom, that was going during the daytime. When Rabbi Yoshev would go very close to the Koso. Um, now, there's a machlokas, what the Kotel is. Some say the Kotel is the Harabayas. If it's Harabayas, even a Tomei person, as Tomei Tumas Mace, is allowed to uh, to touch the walls of Harabayas. It's only on the inside of Harabayas that there might be a problem. But the wall of the Harabayas isn't a problem. But some people say that it's not the coastal of the Harabayas. Some say it's the coastal within there. It's called the Cheo. And some think, and some people might think it's actually the western wall of the Azara, meaning right where the Kodesh Akdashim was. Um, now, Revel Yoshev was not machmir like that shita. Who was machmir like that shita? Um, well, first of all, um, it, we find it by the Radvaz, Rabbi David ibn Zimra was machmir. It's even brought down in the Chaya Adam and other achronim as well. They were worried about going uh, close to the Kotel. As they said, uh, if I, this might be, I might already be in the Chayel. I might already be beyond the Harabayas. If I'm Tomei, I shouldn't be here. So I shouldn't even go that close. Um, the Briskerov, Rav Chaim Salvechik's son, who, met, who was Ola Tiaritz Yisrael, lived in Yerushalayim, would not go close to the Kotel um, because he was worried it might be the coast of the Azara. And therefore, how far is it did, did he have to stay back? Because he didn't want to be in the he didn't want to be in the in the chayil, because he was Tomei, at least midarabanan or maybe midaraisa. So he used to stay eighty amos away from the kotel marovi. Eighty amos. Yeah, you can figure out what that is. Eighty is if an am is a foot and a half. It was like a, he would say one hundred and twenty feet away from the kotel. That was the briskerov. Now, they say that one of the great Rabbanim in Yerushalayim in the 19th century, the Maril Diskin, when there were people, even in his time, who were saying we shouldn't get close to the Koiso, the Maril Diskin said that if someone's matil sofek b'mekomash n'eskad sholeinu l'tfilim idaris I understand. You you don't know what that is. You think this might be the Azara. And if this is the Azara, you have to stay 90 Amis, or maybe could be, uh, according to the Taisus Yontif, 155 Amis away. The Maril said, of course, they, they were both Rabbanim and Brisk. <laughs> Maril was the Rav in Brisk, uh, you know, 70, 80 years before the Brisk Rav. Uh, the Maril Diskin was also the Rav in Brisk. And he said that if someone is Machmir like that, and by being Machmir, he's making people 
who've been coming right near the coast so for years, for hundreds and hundreds of years, based on these Midrashim people went the Wailing Wall, they went right near it. Wow. Um, Rebel Yoshev's Mechotin uh, um, was, of course, the um, the, the stipler. Uh, he also would go straight up to the Koso, but the stipler, uh, and I think Rebel Yoshev as well, were machmir not to stick their fingers in between the stones. Um, and the reason is, is because it could be the, 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 the area of that, it's true, the outside stones are okay. So you could put your hands on the stones, according to Rev. Yoshev, according to the stipler, but to stick your fingers in those, in that area, that, in between the stones, like putting your finger in, that might be a problem. And that, because that might be like the air of the, uh, of beyond the Harabayas, of the walled Harabayas, and that might be a problem if you're Tomei. So that is something that uh, Rebel Yoshev was machmer on. Um, when Rebel Yoshev left the Koso, Rebel Yoshev did not walk with his face to the Koso. Lo Noah can know again what says me Koso, Koso. Again, it's part of the same Shita. If the Koso is the Azora, so maybe you have to, it's like you're leaving the base Amitosh. Maybe you have to be more Machmir. If, the Hara, if, it's, the, if it's the Koso of Arabias, you don't need to. And I know many people do a little bit of both. Like, like, like for 20 Amis, or you know, whatever it is, 20 or 30 feet, they'll walk backwards, then they'll turn around. Rabbi Yoshev would just turn around right away. He didn't, he didn't have his face uh, to uh, at all, which I think, again, it's good to know that if Rabbi Yoshev wasn't Machmir, that uh, you probably don't have to be Machmir either. That's one thing about the Mokum of the Koso in Rabbi Yoshev's mind. Another halacha Rebbe Yoshev spoke a lot about is something else that we learned from Lovan. Lovan, of course, said when Yaakov uh, demanded in this week's parsha that uh, that Lovan explain why he gave Leah instead of Rochel. He knew it was supposed Lovan knew it was supposed to be Rochel that was supposed to be the wife. So Lovan's answer was Lo ye also came bim komeno. And Yaakov accepted it. And it's interesting that this, although it sounds like a tricky excuse that Lovon gave, we are macabre this very much in our Hanhogis in Halacha. In fact, the postkin Rebel Yoshev points out, bring this Pasik as a proof. Um, in the following case, the, in, in, in uh, the Bach, writing in Yeridei, Reish Mem Dawid says, Im achim It's either brothers or sisters. Even though one of them is the more bright one, the, the greater intellectual, the one who's more ready to get married and be in the world, 
You shouldn't say, oh, the younger one's going to get married because he's Godel B'Chochma. What should you do? Says the Bach. You should get the marriage to the older one. Even though, intellectually, and in, and in some other, I guess, mature ways, the younger one seems to be more Mukhshar. Now, the Bach proves it using our Pusik plus the Gemara in Yeshnochlin. The Gemara in Yeshnochlin talks about the steer and the Psukim by the Benos Tzlovchot. In one place, the, the girls are, 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 are mentioned, Machla Tirza Chagla Malka Venoa. And in another place, they're, they're mentioned as Machla Noah. Chagla Malka and Tirza. The order is, is a stira. So the Gemara in Baba Basra says, one Pasik is Derech Gidulasa. And the other one is Derech Chachmasa. In other words, when they came, so which one is which? So the Rashbam explains, that it's all the Bach that Revel Yoshev was quoting, that where it's talking about when they come to Moshe, there it mentions uh, Machla first, Noah second. Because in terms of Chachmah, she was number two. Whereas the Pasuk later, at the end of Sefer Bamidbar, talks about them getting married to their relatives, there it mentions Noah last. So what do you see from there? That the Pasuk that mentions when they got married, that's in terms of how old they were. And on that, what's the proof it should be that way? Because the, the Benos Tzolovchad, even though Noah was was maybe more ready than Tirza to get married, they were mocked that Tirza should get married before Noah. Noah should take her place as the youngest and get married last. Why? Because we weren't from Lavan. As they state in the Bach. So what do you see? You see that we, that's the halacha the way it should be. That you should that you should get your older kids married off first. The Taz quotes Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbi Yosef says that if someone comes to you, you're the you're the uh, father, and someone says, "Look, I can go with either of your girls." And he said, okay, I'm giving you Kedushin. Both of the girls, the father is Makabal. Both girls are at this point under 12 and a half. He says, I want to be married to one of your two girls. The father needs to give the older girl as the married one. Why? Because since Lo Ya'asa came from Komenu, and it's in the Torah by Lavan, it's Minag Yisrael that way as well. That's our minag, and therefore, the, the the guy who made the kedushin, it's understood that he's going to take the older one, and it's understood that you're going to be masking to give the older one, and that was what Rabbeinu Tam, it's brought down by the Taz, so we have the Bach and his son-in-law also quoting both of these men, father-in-law and son-in-law, quoting these makoros from our parsha, which seem to indicate that 
This is the halacha. You go with the older child. Now, Rav Yoshev pointed out, though, that there were uh, poskim, one of the great poskim of the 19th century, the Marsham from Brajan, who writes that even though it says Osir, it's really not an Isser. It's Derech Eretz to do it that way. Okay. Rav Moshe Feinstein uh, says that people quote this Taz and this Bach that it's usher to for the older girl, the younger girl, to get married first. Rav Moshe says, look what those sources are talking about. Those sources are talking about you have two girls uh, or there's two brothers that could be married right now. They've already engaged already. And the question is, who's going to go to the chuppah first? So therefore... Since they're already both, they have their husbands already, the husband is going to be there. It's just a question who goes first or which brother goes first. So then you go with the older one. But if it's a question of who gets engaged, who should go out, there it's not even usher at all. And, and it's not even called a nemus of derech eretz. So Rav Moshe was a big mako as far as this goes. If you have, in other words, let's say both, you have two children. Let's say they're both engaged. So let's say by you, let's say it would be Joshi and Gavi, who both, Hashem, they should both be engaged the way you want them to. So then there'd be an Indian for you to get Gavi first. But if Gavi's not engaged yet, and Joshi is going out and wants to find someone, so according to Ramosha, you wouldn't be over this at all. It's only once you've already got them, and now it's a question of who gets married first. That's where you can learn out from from uh, from our parsha. But otherwise, it should be all right. That was Rav Moshe's shita. Now we know Rabbi Yoshev felt that Rav Moshe was the Paisik Ador, as much as he was in Eretz Yisroel. But he bowed to Rav Moshe, and, 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 and therefore, uh, based on Rav Moshe, you have a lot of coolers of people going out and and and, and getting engaged. And they don't have to worry about that. This is what Rebel Yoshev said, though. Rebel Yoshev felt that you should generally go with the older child to start dating and be in the parish and get married. However, if the younger child has already reached the age where girls like her are going out and finding Hassanim, she doesn't have to wait for her older sister. Especially, Rebel Yoshev said, if she's been in the parsha a number of years, she didn't just start off, it's already been a few years, and she hasn't found her shidduch. Now, this is true even if the sister tells the younger sister that she is makbid, and she, it hurt, it'll hurt her if the younger sister gets married first. Rav Yasha felt the younger sister does not have to punish herself if she could start going out. However, Rav Yasha says that you need to have feelings 
for the older for your older sister in this case. Um, Rabbi Yashav also said that it's not only the oldest child, the way the Pusik says. It's any older sister or, 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 or older brother in that sense. Um, Rabbi Yashav also mentioned twins, there's not even an Indian at all. doesn't make a difference if one is technically older than the other. Uh, that doesn't count. They're like equals. If, let's say, the older uh, uh, sister sees it's hard getting for her to get a shidduch, and she says, I'm mochel. So in that case, um, you can assume she's telling the truth, but Eliyashem also said that you should be sure that the sister really means it. And if, if, it, if it would really cause, sometimes each girl wants, the girl wants to be noble. So maybe it's time for the parents to get involved and see what the sister, the older sister really means. What about, that's about two girls or two boys. What about a younger brother before an older sister? So Rabbi Yosha felt that it's more kuladik than the case of the two sisters. Both the cases of the, of the, 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 the Bach and the Taz and Arpsuk and Bailovan are dealing with, 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 with siblings of the same sex. But if it's the boys and the girls, Rabbi Yosha felt that you don't have to be machmer even as much. However, again, uh, depending on the family dynamic, but generally it's not the same. Similarly, let's take a book. Rabbi Yosha says, using our Pusik, one could really make the argument, Rabbi Yosha felt, that it's only with girls. Right? Well, you also came from Khomein, it was about the girls getting married. So about Joshi and, 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 and Gavi, he says it's possible the whole Kpeda is only, what we learn out from love and only has to do with daughters. Um, but once again, as he says, Rabbi Yosher felt that, that it's not a violation of this Mina Yisrael. And the same thing, of course, follows that you would be able to have a younger sister could jump over an older brother. Rabbi Yosher says maybe you should ask the brother and you should give us a skama. But generally, again, it would not be a problem of a younger sister getting married. And it's not a violation of the Minah Yisrael. Now, Rebel Yoshev also said that if you're, the, let's say, uh, you're, the, you're, the, you're the boy going out, and you find out that she's got an older sister who's still single, and you're holding by getting engaged, he says, that's not your, that's not your problem. In other words, that's her problem. She's got to clear it with her sister. But it's not like you or the chassan should say, I don't want to be involved in this because if I get married, if I get engaged to her, look, that's already removed from you. That's the issue of your kala with her sister. But if the chassan himself wants this girl, the the fact that there's an older sister, Revel Yashav says, should not impact your decision. We know that in the beginning of the parsha, um, 
Yaakov, the place that we know is connected to the Beis Hamikdash, Yaakov called the whole area around there, he called it Bet El. But the Torah tells us something very strange. It tells us that Luz was the name of the city, Berishona. Ulam, Luz, Shemair, Berishona. Now, Rabbi Yoshev points out that Luz, according to the Gemara, was a place that the Malach Hamoves was not allowed to enter. It was a place that people lived forever. Luz. So, Rabbi Yoshev now wonders, what's the Torah telling us that Yaakov called this place Basel? But beforehand, it was this magical, mystical city called Luz. So Rebbe Yoshev, it got Rebbe Yoshev thinking. He said, in the time of Yaakov, people thought, what's the greatest you can be? The best ending you can have, the thing everyone wants to search for, like Ponce de Leon, the fountain of youth, the place where you never die, was Luz. Which would mean what? It would mean that you would basically continue to grow and develop and, and live forever. If you would think about it, that's probably the, the place everybody in the world would want to be. Mikol ar And it, would, it should be that anyone who wants to live there it's probably the most expensive city in the world because if you have a right to live in that place, you'll never die. And you think about it. If there was such a place, why is it that we don't even know about it anymore? It's only in the, it's only in the, it's almost like a myth. He says, how could it be Ein Zecher Luluz? Eifohi. It's Ovro Betela. There's no more Luz. That's what the Pasuk is telling us. For us, there isn't this dream of living forever, of having it, having it great forever, and, and, and enjoying ourselves, an eternal life. You know what for us eternal life is? It's not their idea. There is death. Till Olam Haba. There is death. But to us, this is eternal. The Mokamanitzchi. Because when you are at the Beis HaMikdosh that we talked about earlier, when you are, in a sense, learning Torah and, 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 and giving up for Torah, those moments are moments of eternity. They're Nisharim Chayim Ekayomim Le'olam. Those Dawid Amos Shohalocha and being connected to Torah, that's when you have freedom from the Malachim of us during these moments. And what we do in these moments, these moments of eternality that we get, these moments of Nitzchias that we're learning here together, the moments of our Tfilah, our Avoda, or being in the base of Mikdosh, being Makrav Korbonos, being around the Korbonos, watching the Korbonos, those are moments 
that are eternal moments. Those are moments that last forever, that give us a chayinetzach. So Yaakov was saying, it's a mistake that loses the Mokam Anitzchi. This idea that you're going to live forever, you're going to discover some science that's going to, you're going to freeze your brain, you're going to cut off your head like Joe DiMaggio wanted to do and, and, and keep it there in some sort of refrigerator. It was not Joe DiMaggio. I think it was Ted Williams, right? He wanted his head cut off. And this way, uh, in, uh, in 200 years, they're going to figure out how to put his head onto a different body. You're not going to be able to escape the Malachamovis right now. Because you know what? If the Malachamovis can't get into Luz, people are going to go to the Malachamovis. If you want to know what Nitzchius is, it's not Luz, it's not some phony type of scientific or hope. That's what Yaakov built. That Mokom, that's our Mokom Amikdosh, that bias, that's the Basel, that's our Nitzchius. And that's sort of what the Torah is telling us. There's a new definition of what Netzach is. Uh, you can have Netzach even in this world. Um, Yaakov, we'll finish off now just with a one more word from Rabbi Yoshev on the parsha. Um, Yaakov, when he spoke to Lovan, he told Lovan what sort of shomer he was. He said, Hayisi biyom ochalani chorev. I would stay watching your animals and I'd be eaten up by the heat. It was so hot. And it was cold, Balayla, Kerach Balayla. Rabbi Yoshev points out that, that we know Yaakov to have been a Masmid. One was, of course, what the Medrash tells us, that he was learning 14 years in the yeshiva of Shem Be'ever. And the second Hasmada we see in this parsha that he was watching over Lovan's sheep. The Medrash asks, he was 20 years as a Shomer. What was his, what did he say? So the Gemara says, he used to say the Shiramalos, the 15 Shiramalos Shabbosefer Tilim. That's what he would be saying as he was watching the, the sheep. Now, according to the Medrash, it's like he was just saying to Hillam all those years. But he still called, Rebbe Yosham says, the, the Av that represents Torah. And what does that mean? That means you're still the source of Torah. Now, right now you've got a job. What's your job? To watch love and sheep. Okay. So what are you doing? I can say till him. Can you learn? No. If Yaakov would be learning Torah, he wouldn't have been doing his job. His job was to guard the sheep. So what did he do? He said till him. He's still the Omer Torah. Rebel Yashem said. You can be a Balabas who goes to work. And if you have one hour free, and that's your hour to learn, and you work hard to make sure that you're not mavatal that hour, you make sure that hour is, 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 is Kodesh for you, 
So you're you're still the Ben Torah, the same way Yaakov was. Remember, Yaakov had 14 years yeshiva, 20 years not yeshiva. And he's still called in our minds the symbol of Torah. Because even in those 20 years when he had to work so hard and just say Tehillim was the most he could do, but whenever he could learn, whenever he was connected to the ideas, he dedicated himself. And even if it was only a half hour, Rabbi Yoshev says, it was uh, whenever he could get it, he's still the Omer of Torah. And he says, Rabbi Yoshev says, that's really what Yaakov saw when he came in and he left Eretz Yisrael. What did he see? He saw a ladder, Mutzav Arza, a Rosh Shamaima. A ladder, Rabbi Yoshev says, if you look at the ladder, and you look up on the ladder. What are you thinking? You're thinking, oh, this is scary. How can I ever get up this ladder? It's so high. But you know what you're supposed to do? You're not supposed to look at the top of the ladder. You're supposed to look at the rung of the ladder that's right in front of you. Oh, I can do this. And if that's the way you do it, rung by rung, you'll be able to succeed. No one knew better than Rebel Yoshev and the way he said it. The Torah is the deepest thing you can think of. And you might say, uh, so now I'm working. So I got one hour at night. That's all I can learn. An hour and a half at night. What does that mean? I'm never going to get anywhere. If that's going to be your attitude, then you'll close the safer. You're not going to attend this year. You're not going to even try to work on yourself. But Yaakov realized Yaakov said, it's Sula Mutzav Arza. I'm not looking up. Right where I am. I look straight ahead of me. I climb rung by rung. This is what you're doing today. This is what you accomplish. Tomorrow you accomplish this. And then Rabbi Yoshev says, that's the Yaakov by doing that. Strengthened Limerat Torah for all his children. Rabbi Yoshev, of course, never stopped learning. But Rabbi Yoshev knew he was speaking to most of the people who don't, didn't have the type of life he had, didn't have the type of Rebetzin and other types of abilities to study like he had. Still, Yaakov was Omid bin Esoyon, and he was Kovish to Derech, that you can be strong in learning. Even if you have to work, if to be Balabas, you could still be that same guy that you were in Torah. You could still have all that strength because you're obviously waiting to uh, to get back. And that's what it is. Sula Mutsavartza. Yeah, the Rochelle is up there, but you're looking straight ahead at the rung. That's the way you're going to be able to be Matzliach. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.